It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Run Line, VSIN's premier baseball betting show. With Adam Burke, here's Ben Wilson. That's right, Adam Burke, and I'm holding Kushner in for Ben. He's a busy guy, right, Burke? He's a busy guy. He's out calling play-by-play everywhere for the next two weeks. Is that what's going on? Where's your Where is your right-hand man? My uh, my right hand man is back home in his home state of Wisconsin with the Vegas Nighthawks, who played a game today in uh, Green Bay. Oh, wonderful, wonderful! Is Wisconsin where we need to be right now? No, I'm sitting here in Denver. You're sitting in Las Vegas. We're talking some baseball here on the run line. Welcome back into the program. My name is Holden Kushner. I host a program called the Denver City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers. It is a decent podcast. We have uh, podcasts all over the place: Chicago, Washington D.C., etc. If you ever bet baseball or any sports with a Denver or a Colorado team involved, check it out. Denver CityCast presented by Bet Rivers. I have been betting a lot of Rockies games here early in the season, Adam, and they're 10 and 5, and it's an absolute shock. I think it really hit me when they took two or three against the Dodgers at home. And since then, they've just kind of grinded it out. The offense, which normally struggles mightily on the road, has actually been performing. I think today they scored, what, six runs against the Tigers in Detroit um, to win the World Series, 170 to one, still not a good bet. To win the NL pennant, 110 to one, still not a good bet. To win the NL West, horrible bet at 80 to one. But here's my question for you. To make the playoffs, 
huh? To make the playoffs plus 900 to miss it minus 1600. I'm not going to get ahead of myself here, Adam. A nine to one ticket would be nice. Can you buy into the Rockies this early in the season? Uh, you know what? I early on in the year, well, early on as I was prepping and writing my Rockies preview, it was really hard to do. You know, I mean, there's just the Dodgers are in this division. I still think the Giants are really, really good. The Padres obviously have a ton of top end talent. If they're able to stay healthy, or mm-hmm. I should say get healthy, you know, they're a team that has a very, very good shot at grabbing one of those wild cards. The problem for me, there are two problems for me with Colorado. The first is that course field effect, man. It, it's just, it's so much. You know, obviously they perform really well offensively at home in the thin air, in the elevation. Pitches don't move as much. Guys change the way that they throw. They throw more fastballs in Colorado because the breaking stuff doesn't move as much. So the Rockies hitters wind up doing really well. On the road, everything is different. Everything is different for their pitchers. Everything is different for their hitters. And they haven't really been able to conquer that. And in fact, I wrote about this, you know, in my preview over at vcin.com prior to the season where they're just so much different at home than on the road. And we all know it, but they are 437 and 408 at home dating back to the start of the 2011 season. They are 332 and 508 on the road dating back to the start of the 2011 season. It's just night and day for them. And the problem is I don't, really know what they can do about it you know they can't change the environmental conditions obviously they have one of the smallest research and development teams in all of major league baseball which i can't understand why i long story short no i can't buy in uh they could have a road lineup and a home lineup i know you're not going to want to hear that but you you get three or four guys from their normal lineup chris bryant uh whoever you want to throw out there whether it be charlie blackman chris bryant up and down connor joe cj crone and then you get five guys that uh, have not been swinging and hitting at elevation, and you hope that that works out on the road. And I know it sounds really cockamamie, Adam, and it's not my idea. I wish it was. It's a guy by the name of Ryan Spader, the ace of Spader. Love this kid. He and I have done a lot of work together. But he came up with a plan. It's like if, if you're going to stick these guys at elevation and they're not seeing depth on breaking balls, sliders, curveballs, whatever it is, Why are we running them out there? Now, with that being said, there was a trend, and the first game on the road after a homestand, the Rockies historically have just been brutal offensively. They never score. But it's interesting. A couple of times now this season already, they've been putting runs up at them, and it's a very small sample. But I think now we have to look at the Rockies' offense and start saying, is there something special here? Chris Bryant really is not giving him much, but yeah, a lot of singles. That's about it to this point. At some point, I you'd think he'd start raking, right? The guy's a, a very, he's a well above average hitter. Blackman's getting a little bit older. I get it, but Charlie had a couple of, I think he had three base hits today. Hit the ball pretty well, had a little, he legged one out, but it had a couple of nice shots. And Connor Joe, another guy, Randall Gritchick, crushes lefties, came out today, hits a home run. What do you make of this Rockies offense this season? Do you think that maybe they could buck the trend and score some runs on the road with the bats they have? I certainly think that, you know, from a talent standpoint, they're better than they have been in a little while. They're certainly a lot more interesting than they have been in a little while. The problem is there are a few different problems here. The first is they've played 15 games, 10 have been at home, and we've seen Mm -hmm. them play on the road against Texas and on the road against Detroit. And Texas was a team, low 70s win total. Detroit, a team where I bet their season win total over, but they were in that 76, 77, 78 range. So it's not like they've played very good teams when they've gone on the road. 
Offensively, I think that they can be a little bit better. But I will throw this at you. You talk about their futures prices and kind of where things sit right now. So I got the four games on the road against the Phillies here this week. We'll see how those wind up going for them. Then when they come back home, they play Cincinnati and Washington, two of the worst teams in Major League Baseball. They go on the road and play at Arizona for three before they play at San Francisco, which will be a tough series. Then they come home and host Kansas City again. So through the middle of May, the Rockies have the chance to have a pretty strong record. I mean, as we talked about already, they're already 10 and five. They're only playing one good team in the next basically three, three and a half weeks. That's the San Francisco Giants. You know, the Phillies have a good offense, but we've already talked a lot about some of their shortcomings and some of the issues that they have. Colorado by mid-May could be looking pretty good, but then they play San Francisco again, the Mets, then they play on the road against Pittsburgh and Washington for seven. You know, I don't know. I mean, it feels like this team has the chance to hang around in this race for a little while, but at some point they're going to stop playing tomato cans. They're going to stop playing bad teams on the road. That's where I think it kind of all sort of, you know, they get exposed a little bit. So from a future standpoint, I'm not going to touch anything, but I think from a game-by-game standpoint, they have the chance to maybe get overrated and overvalued by June, where I think we can make some money going against them. They got about 55 games left against the Dodgers, Padres, and Giants. And you and I discussed this on the CityCast, on the Denver CityCast, that we're going to look at the adjusted win total at or the projected win total at the all-star break, and we can readjust from there. Now, the, pre, the preseason number was 67 and a half. And I said, you know what? Let's try and get an even better number. Maybe they come out and get beaten up by the Dodgers. They get off to a slow start. That ship has sailed, completely sailed. But I'm not buying into this team long-term. I'm enjoying it while it's going on. And they do have some pretty good pitchers. I mean, Marquez has learned to pitch in Coors Field successfully. They got a bunch of guys that throw a ton of ground balls too, right? Their bullpen, outside of one implosion, I think their bullpen has been as good as anybody's bullpen in baseball to this point with a bunch of guys that nobody even knows. But they're going to come back down to earth sooner than later. It's just been a good story earlier in the year, and they're by far and away the fourth team in the NL West. Yeah, for sure. I mean, look, this is a team, when I ran those numbers in that preview prior to the start of the season, 5.63 runs per game at home, 3.54 runs per game on the road. Mm. And their pitching just isn't good enough to win those four to three types of games on the road. That's where I think we do kind of see that regression come into play. Also, as you mentioned, I mean, look, you know, I've, I've belabored the point here about the Phillies and how bad they are defensively. They've got Kyle Gibson on the mound tomorrow against Kyle Freeland and the Rockies. I'm as depressed as offense has been here so far, kind of looking at the over eight and a half a little bit in that game. But they've got the ground ball guys, and they've got a solid defensive infield. You know, they are trying to, as much as they can, play to their strength on the pitching side, and that's inducing ground balls and converting those into outs. But at the same time, you know, ground balls eventually find holes. If the ball starts to carry more, that's going to hurt them in Denver because we already know how the humidor plays in Denver. So I just, again, they could get off to a really nice record, a really nice start through the first, you know, month and a half, two months of the season but it, it will kind of all fall apart, I think, for them as we go forward. Yep, I think we're on the same page there. And then you talk about tomorrow with Freeland coming in. Freeland has had a couple of command issues. Uh, he did lose to the Dodgers. He's had, I, I'd say he's had four really bad innings. And besides for that, he's gotten on pace. The problem with him is Babbitt right now. They're hitting 388 against him uh, with, with, with batting average balls in play. 
So I think that's something at least you can look at Kyle Freeland and say, eh, that'll turn around at some point in time. And another lefty going up against the Phillies. I, why do you like that over? Talk to me here. Talk me into that real quick. Well, Eric Lauer is shoving tonight. I mean, Eric Lauer uh-huh. is having a phenomenal game for the Brewers tonight. 13 strikeouts over six innings. But again, as I said, coming into today's game, the Phillies have been very, very good against lefties. And I think that that is something that will work for them. I mean, Bryce Harper's a guy with very good opposite field power. Kyle Schwarber's a guy that, you know, is disciplined even in that lefty-lefty matchup. They've got Castellanos now. They've got Hoskins, another guy who can hit lefties really well. I think that's just a good type of matchup for them. Eric Lauer just had 13 strikeouts. Kyle Freeland is not a strikeout guy. He's a pitch-to-contact kind of guy. And again, you know, you talk about the differences of trying to locate at home versus on the road. That's why a lot of these Rockies pitchers do tend to have some issues on the road, too, because you're used to throwing a ball in one spot at home, and it's going to move a certain way. You try to throw it in that spot on the road, it's either going to move out of the zone or into the hitting zone or something like that. It's just very, very difficult to do. And for the Phillies, terrible defensive team, awful defensive team. Kyle Gibson, generally a pitch-to-contact kind of guy, a lot of ground balls, Ground balls will find holes. Even though the balls aren't carrying, we're not getting the same level of offense. Just a lot of balls in play in this game that you know could wind up finding some green grass. Yep. As Adam mentioned, eight and a half is the total. I'm looking at Bet Rivers minus 112 to the over, 107, minus 107 to the under. There's some big time teams in the National League West. Poor Padres. They get overrun by Dodger fans out there. You're still buying into the Giants. Let's talk a little NL West baseball. Plus, we'll continue to check in on the Brewers and the Phillies. I mean, this game, it doesn't stop. No runs through six and a half innings. Go to the bottom of the seventh scoreless there. He's Adam Burke. I'm Holden Kushner. This is the run line on VSIN, the sports betting network. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here 
both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. You found Visa's premier baseball betting show. This is the run line. Kushner here, host of the Denver City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers of Eason Pod. Solely focusing on Denver and Colorado sports. Actually, I get into some other things, Adam. Um, I'm sure I'll be talking about the dead ball here sooner than later. You and I always have a good time on that show, and it's wonderful to be working with you this evening here on the run line. So we got a lot of different things to get into in a short amount of time right now. I uh, do want to update you, though, the live show play we were talking about, backing the Brewers at plus money, uh, Brewers and Phillies right now. Um Yeah, here we go. Scoreless in the bottom of the seventh inning. Just no change. It really is amazing. You were talking about the dead ball. It can't be only the dead ball tonight, though. Lauer was was pitching very well, missing some bats. Nola turned things around. It was only a matter of time before we saw this guy throw as well as he can throw. Let me go get the line here one more time. Seven shutout innings of one-hit baseball with nine Ks and one walk. Uh, the only way this thing goes over, if it goes to extra innings, you might be able to cash an over ticket, but we're now at two and a half on the total, Adam. Yeah, and uh, Brad Boxberger comes out, and the first batter he faces, he strikes out. So the, the Brewers just uh, mowing down the Phillies here tonight. And, you know, as you mentioned, Aaron Nola with a really, really good bounce back start. I think it's a very important start for him because Zach Wheeler's had his issues. Uh, you know, Zach Eflin is a guy that I'm not super high on. Ranger Suarez is a really interesting pitcher for them who's had some bad luck so far this season, but still has some pretty good numbers. Uh, you know, he's had some very soft contact, fine holes, a double play ball hit him, wound up resulting in a couple of runs because they weren't able to convert it. Uh, a guy that I know a lot of people are, including our own Scott Seidenberg here, uh, very, very interested in how Ranger Suarez does. But this is the thing, you know, the, the Phillies are at home. So you would think they kind of dictate the game if they have to bat in the bottom of the ninth, you know, you can walk it off, all that kind of thing. But here they are in a nothing-nothing game where, their weakness, that bullpen, goes up against one of Milwaukee's strengths, and we'll see how the rest of this one plays out. Yep, that'll be interesting. Uh, we can go look at a couple things going on in the National League West. Want to get to Ronald Acuna news as well, and then Adam talking about the Red Sox having to go to Canada, to Toronto. We're going to find out if there's any Red Sox are going to miss that one. But just looking at the NL West really quickly, Dodgers just destroyed the Padres today, 10-2. to They're still the Padres' daddies. And then San Francisco over Washington, the Giants scored a dozen runs today against the Nationals. Just a spectacular day. Jock Peterson, a couple of bombs there. But 
Yaz is on the COVID list. Mike Yastrzemski, what kind of an impact did this have short-term on the Giants' offense? Because they didn't miss him today, but they were going up against the Nationals and a pretty bad starting pitcher. Yeah, for sure. I mean, look, you know, this is a team here that's off to an 11-5 and start. They lost three out of four against the Mets, and, and the Mets have had the best starting pitching in baseball by a large margin to this point. So you can certainly understand why they had a little bit of offensive outage in that one. But, you know, look, they, they played very well against San Diego at home. They swept my Guardians in, in the home opening weekend for them. You know, they took two out of three from Miami, a team with very good pitching. Then they did what you're supposed to do against a team like the Nationals. So a lot of the projection systems were really down on this Giants team. I mean, I know Pakoda over at Baseball Prospectus had the Giants down for 77 wins. They're a team that won 107 games last year. There's no way they're going to be 30 games worse. I, they're just such a smart organization. Farhan Zaidi has done an incredible job with everything that he's put his hands on with this organization. And they take guys that aren't household names. They take a ton of, uh, you know, they, they're able to develop a lot of talent out of those guys. They just have all these smart plans, individualized hitting plans, individualized pitching plans. They're just a really smart team that if they isolate that something is a problem or there's something that they can fix, they're going to fix it. And that's what they've had tremendous success with. I, I'm, I don't know if they're as good as the Dodgers like they were last year, but I think this Giants team absolutely wins 90-plus games, gets back to the playoffs, and shows what a really smart, cohesive, analytically savvy front office is capable of. Yeah, Lamonte Wade could be back as early as this week. Longoria should be back by the middle of next month. They'll be getting Alex Cobb back sooner or later, too. You're right. It's just a terrific team, just a terrific organization. And you could go back decades now of how great this organization has been, even since, you know, the mid-1980s. I know it's probably older than you, Adam, but I remember watching these guys, you know, the Will Clark days. They got to the World Series in the late, late, uh, late 80s. I think it was 89 uh, Dusty had him going, and then three World Series with Bochi. Uh, there's a pedigree here, and it has been smooth sailing for this organization. And they're another playoff team. They're terrific this year. All right, let's move on to the defending world champions and Ronald Acuna. Ronald Acuna's target date is May 6th. Alex Anthopoulos said he was, you know, things could change with Acuna. if, uh, And I think really what it comes down to is that the Braves stink right now. They're 7-10. and 10. They've gotten off to a slow start. They're going to be just fine. They want to get Acuna a spring training. But some guys don't need a full spring training, Adam. And at this point, just looking at the numbers, seeing the highlights, looking at where the Braves are right now, I don't know why you're waiting until May 6th, especially in that division where there's three legit teams, I think, that can win that division. And again, the Marlins, who knows? They usually come out of nowhere when they end up winning the World Series. But that is something I think they're going to have to adjust on and get Acuna back sooner than May 6th, especially if he's ready. Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, look, they start a series here with the Chicago Cubs. They've got three again at home against the Cubs. Then they go for three on the road at Texas. Then a four-game series with New York with the Mets that begins on mm -hmm. May 2nd. If nothing else, I think Acuna is activated prior to that May 2nd series. Maybe they give him a few more days. I don't necessarily think that they need to, but maybe that's what they opt to do. The thing for Atlanta is, and I'll be curious to see how this plays out throughout the course of the season. So they're one of those teams that decided, you know what? We're going to increase our launch angle. We're going to hit more fly balls. We're going to hit for power. And it's something that has had given them tremendous success over the last few years. But this season, where the ball is dead, as we've talked about already, that's one of the big reasons why their offense has been inconsistent 
and has kind of struggled to this point. If what I believe to be true happens and the ball does start carrying more once we get into the warmer weeks, you know, mid to late May, all that kind of thing, this Braves offense could take off. And adding Acuna to that mix is really, really beneficial for them. So I think even though it doesn't look pretty right now, I still believe, even with the Mets starting pitching and with their roster, I still believe that this division goes through the Atlanta Braves and they are the team to beat. I think you're right. I think we've seen a lot of bad things happen with the Mets a lot of times. Uh, (laughs) Very recent history, past history, and I know that past history has nothing to do with this year, but let's face it, the DeGrom thing is very, very concerning. I don't care that he's had a setback. He's had arm issues here for well over a year, right? Scherzer's not getting any younger. I mean, he's terrific. It's nice to see that Lindor's off to a great start, but to say that the Mets are the team to beat, absolutely not. Not through two weeks of the season, the Braves, the world champions. Come on. Absolutely the team to beat. Uh, in the American League, we've all, we've got some COVID things going on still. This thing just won't go away. And when American teams have to go up to Toronto to play the Blue Jays, you got to be vaccinated. And I don't know if that's going to be something betters are going to realize they need to take into account especially with this series coming up. Talk to us here. What advantages, disadvantages do we have with the Blue Jays and the Red Sox, given that there are going to be unvaccinated players on the Red Sox not making the trip? Yeah, I'm really curious to see what happens with this number overnight and into the morning, Holden, because the thing about it is you can put guys on the COVID list, and we saw the Oakland A's do this when they went and played a series against Toronto. You can put guys on the COVID list, and then you can replace them. You know, so you're able to get those roster spots back. So what we're going to find out tomorrow is who's not vaccinated for Boston, who do they put on the COVID list, or do they just take empty roster spots with them up to Toronto? We don't know necessarily who is going to be on that list. We know that Tanner Houck, one of their starting pitchers, has already said, you know, I'm not vaccinated. He's not going to be able to start in this series. So they've kind of worked around that. You can do that with starting pitchers. That's not really a big deal. But I would presume there are position players and relievers that they won't be able to have at their disposal here in this upcoming series. So how they decide to do that with roster manipulation and all of that, we'll have to wait until tomorrow to find out. But for right now, with this Nate Uvalde and Jose Barrios game, we have seen this line come down from Toronto minus 140 or so to minus 130. But again, as we get that news tomorrow, we'll see if it's impactful players for the Red Sox or just maybe some of their secondary or tertiary pieces that aren't able to make the trip. I mean, once you find it out, you can you can bet this game. You would have no action on this as of right now, though, right? This is just too much of a wild card with the Red Sox. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't do anything with this. I mean, look, I will say that Jose Barrios has not pitched well. He's given up a ton of hard contact. That's probably why this line has moved down. Just sort of speculating, you know, with a fate of him, kind of buying Nate Uvalde at the underdog price. But I could not play anything until I know who's actually making the trip and who isn't. We got one game in progress still. It's the Brewers and the Phillies scoreless. They're in the top of the eighth inning. Adam and I came up with a show bet. We're backing the Brewers here at uh, plus money. We'll see if they can come through on that. Brewers one hit today, but they have gotten into that bullpen of the Phillies, which is a debacle. And obviously with the Brewers, pretty darn good bullpen. Come back. Let's talk some MVP. And I'm going to ask Adam, can Trout even win an MVP with Otani on the same team? Not so sure it can happen. This is the run line. Just talking baseball here on VSIN, the sports betting network. 
VEASAN's premier baseball betting show. This is The Run Line. Baseball predictions made brighter. Join the Born in a Ballpark Challenge presented by Blue Moon to compete free for cash all season. And weekly prediction pools to fight for your share of $62,500 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com backslash Blue Moon right now to join the action. Blue Moon, made brighter. 21 plus only. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. And please drink responsibly. Well, I think we're going to have a responsible conversation about the AL and NL MVP odds here. He is Adam. I'm Holden. This is The Run Line. Adam Burke, Holden Kushner, host of the Denver CityCast, presented by Bet Rivers. But, Adam, I have something here. I want to look at the lines for the American League MVP. Shohei Otani, we all love Shohei. Ever since he did his little uh, CPR on his bat, he came up. He had a couple home runs. But for the most part, I don't see how anybody can be more valuable than a pitcher that pitches at an all-star level and hits at an all-star level. And Otani not only does that, he goes above and beyond. Now, he's sitting here at plus 275 to win the American League MVP, and his teammate, Mike Trout, is at 9-1. to one. So the question for me, or from me to you is, how can Mike Trout, who is the greatest baseball player I've ever seen since Barry Bonds, how can Mike Trout win the MVP when he's not even the most valuable player on his team? Yeah, I think it's a really fair question to ask. I mean, the reality of it is, and people probably don't want to hear this, but I mean, Shohei Otani is doing things that nobody's ever done. I mean, Mm -hmm. Babe Ruth didn't even do this, you know, in his time as a two-way player. Otani's just been absolutely incredible. If he stays healthy, you literally cannot make a case for any other player in Major League Baseball because of what Otani's able to do as a pitcher and as a hitter. He might as well win the award every single year as long as he stays healthy. Will the voters view it the same way? I don't know. Will they maybe give it to a Vladimir Guerrero Jr. if the Blue Jays reach their expectations and their heights? I think it's possible. It's unbelievable to me that Mike Trout is as good as he is. He's now overshadowed on his own team, which is unbelievable. And he's got 15 career playoff plate appearances. It's just, we're going to get to a point where we look at Mike Trout as being completely undervalued. And maybe that point's already here, but it's, it's just, it blows my mind. Well, he needs a healthy season, too, though. It's enough. He's just missed way too much time because of the injuries. But when he's out there, I think he's a better hitter than Shohei Otani. I think that would the numbers back that up long term? We're going to find out. I mean, obviously, last year was all about Shohei because Trout had to miss so much time. But a plus 900, as beautiful as that number looks to me, Adam, 9-1 to one on Mike Trout, I still can't do it. Because, again, he's not the most valuable player on his team. And I hate talking about injuries. The only way Trout would be the most valuable player on his team is if Shohei Otani went down. I mean, I I think it's pretty clear cut there. So you have the Otani number at plus 275. Trout's at plus 900. You brought up Vlad Guerrero at plus 380. Anybody else that you could think about in this mix, whether it be Jose Ramirez or a Byron Buxton who walked it off today. But here's another guy with issues concerning injuries. I just have a hard time thinking anybody but Shohei can win the AL MVP if he's pitching at this level 
and hitting at this level. There's just, it makes no sense to how anybody else could be more valuable in the American League. Yeah, as long as Otani stays healthy, I mean, I don't see a case for anybody else. If Otani was to get hurt, you know, obviously mm -hmm. it would completely alter the market. Look, Jose Ramirez, if the Guardians are able to find themselves in the postseason, it will be because Jose Ramirez had a monster year, and he's already off to a really, really good start. The problem is teams are going to start getting smarter and just put him on base because Fran Mil Reyes is not really hitting behind him. They don't really have anybody else to bat behind J-Ram. So if pitchers stop pitching to him, he's either going to have to get ultra aggressive, swing early in the count, not take his walks, and hope that his batted ball numbers continue to stay high, or he's just going to get put on. So that's the hard part for Jose Ramirez. He's going to have a hard time, I think, putting up those counting numbers that it takes. The one guy that I could take a look at here, and I do think that the Rays are a really, really good team, and for better or worse, that matters in the MVP market because voters are going to vote typically for players on good teams, even though the most valuable player could very well be a Juan Soto or could very well be an Otani who's on a non-playoff team, something like that. But Wander Franco for, for Tampa Bay just looks every bit the real deal, and he's only getting better. He plays a premier defensive position. The hard part is, you know, does Tampa get enough media recognition for him to be a guy that wins the award? But if they're able to come out of that East and, and be better than Toronto and be better than the Yankees and be better than the Red Sox, Wander Franco is going to have a huge hand in it. So I, I think... He's maybe about the only guy kind of in that 18 to one range that I could really talk myself into. All right, let's talk, uh, try to talk you into somebody from the National League. Plus 400 for Juan Soto, who, by the way, the few people that are still watching Nationals games in Washington, D.C., have been very frustrated because he has been stranding runners and not getting base hits with runners in scoring position. I think there's other things to worry about other than Juan Soto having a rough start to the season with runners in scoring position for the first two weeks. Anyways, he's the favorite, a guy that's not even on a major league roster right now. He's not even playing right now. Acuna, Ronald Acuna, who I think you and I both agree should be back up before the May 6th timeline that the Braves had set for him. He's sitting there at plus 750. Lindor's off to a nice start. Bryce Harper's uh, sitting there at 12 to one. My guy's Nolan Arenado at 16 to one Trey Turner's there at 16 to one too. But just to talk about Nolan for a second, because when you play at cores, the overwhelming majority of people that watch the game, not the people that really study the game, but that watch the game. Oh, it's it, all of his numbers because what he did in Coors field. Well, believe it or not, some of these guys leave Coors field. They're great players and they continue to put up monster numbers. That's what I've seen early in the season out of Nolan. I think he is the best player on the St. Louis Cardinals. I look for the Cardinals, make a little run guy hits for power. He's he gets on base. He does everything you want him to do. He's arguably the best defensive player um, at any infield position. On top of that, Nolan Arenado for me, and I think he can help carry the Cardinals at 16 to one would be the one guy I'm looking at not named Juan Soto and Ronald Acuna. How about you? The, I can't disagree with anything that you said about Nolan Arenado. The problem that I have with him is he plays in a really good pitcher's park for half of his games. Bush Stadium is a ballpark that absolutely suppresses power. And, you know, again, you, you need the power. No, you need the counting numbers. You need the home runs, the RBIs, things of that sort to really have a good chance at winning this award because not everybody thinks the way that we do in terms of looking at the advanced metrics and all of that. So that would be the hard thing for me with Arenado is that his home ballpark just isn't conducive enough for offense to really allow him, I don't think, 
to put up the numbers that are necessary. It's hard because he plays on a team full of superstars, but I think Freddie Freeman is a guy that can absolutely win this award Ooh. here, the NL MVP for the Los Angeles Dodgers, and he's out there at 16-1. to I think he winds up being the most potent and most prolific offensive player on this team. I think that you know, even though he leaves a pretty good park factor in Atlanta in terms of power, he's going to have numerous opportunities to put up numbers. He's batting at the top of maybe the best lineup in all of baseball. I think Freddie Freeman is a guy that, you know, you've got the notoriety of him, you know, winning the World Series. Seems like a lot of his teammates really like him, this and that, uh, except for maybe Ronald Acuna Jr. But, uh, you know, I think Freddie Freeman is a guy that can put up those kinds of numbers in a major media market. He's probably the one I would take out of that 16 to 1 range. He got uh, the MVP in the this COVID shortened season, the really shortened season, what, two years ago, right? So here's the argument I hear about backing any Dodgers player for MVP. And I think it's garbage, whether it be Trey Turner, Freddie Freeman, any of them. The Mookie Betts is off to a slow start. They say, well, there's just too many stars on this team. There's too many stars on this team. You can't just pick one. Well, from what I remember back in 2019, Cody Bellinger won the MVP. He had an absolutely insane season. So I think Freddie Freeman, Trey Turner, these guys are well within the mix to win here. But I did find it interesting. Freddie's playing in a, in a pitcher's park. My boy Nolan's playing in a pitcher's park too. So maybe we're both onto something here. Yeah, I just, the, the Dodgers stadium, you know, it, it's become a little bit more of a hitter's park as they've gotten more offense. And that's part of it too. You know, park factor can kind of be dictated by the actual talent level of the lineup, but it gets much hotter in LA. And again, we talk about the humidor and the impacts and all of that. They've had a humidor at Bush stadium. So we have data points for how offense tends to go in that park. And, you know, offense is definitely suppressed for the Cardinals. So that would be the worry for me with Arenado, but again, plays a premier position. If the Cardinals are able to be good enough to, you know, compete with the Brewers, who are the, you know, very much consensus favorite in that NL Central division. You know, he certainly is a guy that can keep his name in the discussion for a long period of time. Okay, one game still in progress, still scoreless, headed to the ninth inning. Milwaukee and Philadelphia Brewers coming up. That game's in Citizens Bank Ballpark. We came up with a show play there, back in the Brewers at plus money. Uh, so here we go again. Uh, the, the Phillies bullpen has actually performed well, and the Brewers bullpen has performed like we thought they would. Take a quick look at what's coming up tomorrow in Major League Baseball. We'll do that next. He's Adam. I'm Holden. It's the run line on VSIN, the sports betting network. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr. And I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back. And joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the Challenge Gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferreira, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the Challenge Gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. found VEASAN's premier baseball betting show. This is The Run Line. The VEASAN Summer Special is here. For only $59, you get everything VEASAN has to offer from now till the end of July. The next few months are going to be filled with the best betting content in the business right here at VEASAN.com. And subscribers have access to all of it, including my man Adam Burke's daily MLB Best Bets. Jonathan Van Tobel for the best bets all the way through the NBA Finals. Andy McNeil breaking down the action on the ice all the way through the Stanley Cup playoffs. My abs will be in there. We'll have lots of NFL preseason coverage, too, not to mention continued best bets and premium articles covering golf, UFC, USFL, and NASCAR. And if you want the full VSIN experience, which features daily best bets on an email, every edition of Point Spread Weekly, Use of our betting tools and a live video stream whenever you want it. Cost is only $59 to be a subscriber through July 31st. Sign up now at vcin.com backslash summer.
And welcome back into the run line alongside Adam Burke. My name is Holden Kushner. And for Ben, uh, we got one game going on right now. They've reached the top of the ninth inning. And Adam, it is still scoreless between the Brewers and the Phillies. Although in the top of the ninth, the Brewers finally have something going here. They had one hit coming into the ninth. They've got runners on the corners with one out. And we'll see if the Phillies bullpen fails this team once again. But I've said it off the top, and I'm probably going to mention it a million more times every time we work together. Now, the Phillies bullpen has been good to this point, but it really is remarkable how certain teams just can never figure it out. I was around the Washington Nationals for over a decade. Let's see here, 05 to 07. So about a dozen years. And yeah, they got one year right. When they won the World Series, they got hot. Every single year, they'd have issues with their bullpen. It's amazing, Adam. And we see it every year with the Phillies recently. Yeah, it's absolutely incredible. I mean, some of it has to do with, you know, player development and not really being able to Mm get, you know, one of the things that really infuriates me about a team like the Guardians, for example, is they feel like it's a developmental failure to take a starting pitcher who's kind of limited and turn him into a reliever and try to make him a shutdown guy. You know, how many guys have we seen that have been dominant relievers that, were starters to begin with, didn't have a third pitch or had you know a control issue or something like that. They wind up going to the bullpen and they absolutely thrive. Teams are just reluctant to do that because they don't want to pay for starting pitching or, or whatever the case may be. But yeah, as you said, I mean, it, it's almost chronic. You know, the, the same teams that don't have good bullpens don't have good bullpens year in and year out. What's worse, the Phillies bullpen or Angel Hernandez strike zone? Yes. Yeah, I'm actually going to go Angel Hernandez strike zone. I'm not going to go that deep off the edge with the Phillies bullpen, but it's not good. So anyways, top of the ninth right now, we got Corey Knebel, Christian Yelich, um, who Adam said, listen, man, chill out on Yelich. I'm like, Yelich hadn't hit since, you know, in a couple of years. He's like, ah, hard hit, exit velocity, everything's working well. Let's see some exit velo here from Yelich as we're on the uh, Brewers in this game. Okay, uh, some other things to discuss down the stretch here, Adam. I wonder what's at the top of your mind here coming up in tomorrow's games because you already mentioned Boston going up to Toronto. We're not going to see, we're we're really not going to have a play on this until we find out who is and isn't vaccinated for the Red Sox. And again, you're saying, what are you talking about? Yeah, this is going to be an ongoing thing when teams go to Canada this season. Yeah, definitely going to be something to monitor. And, you know, look, we'll see an overnight line move on this one. I, I don't know which side it'll be on. As I said, we've already seen a little bit of money come in against Jose Barrios, the starting pitcher for Toronto. But when we get a clearer picture tomorrow of who's actually going to be in that Boston lineup and who's going to be in that Boston bullpen, we'll probably see another line move as a result. I want to talk about this game real quickly between the Giants and the Brewers. So this is a standalone one-game series. Must have been a game that was moved because it was supposed to be at the start of the year. They're making some alterations to the schedule because they started a little bit late. One game series. The Giants are ending what is now an 11-game road trip with this game. And now you've got the Brewers here playing this game late into the night. Devin Williams pitched back-to-back nights. Now that they have a 1-0 lead, Josh Hader is going to come in. This is a really tricky handicap, I think, because you've got Corbin Burns, who has a chance to be dominant for the Brewers, against Sammy Long and... The Giants bullpen, Sammy Long has not really stretched out here so far this year. This is a really interesting handicap. It almost feels like kind of a throwaway game for both teams. So even though we're going to have a low total, I kind of lean towards the under. But what a strange spot here with a one-game series 
as the Giants make a pit stop on their way back towards home. All right, for those of you that were actually watching, I did a little fist pump while Adam was talking. I didn't want to interrupt you. I liked your tangent that you were on. But Yelich with a sack fly RBI. We finally got a run as the Brewers lead the Phillies 1-0 in the top of the ninth inning. Let's get to some more uh, action coming up tomorrow. I thought you had a pretty sharp thought on the Dodgers and the um, the Diamondbacks, right? The Dodgers-Diamondbacks. Do we even? I don't see a line on this in Bet Rivers. Am I missing out uh, at this point? But it's gonna Bueller and Merrill Kelly. What do you have? What's the what's the line you got there? Yeah, seeing this one at DraftKings, you get the Dodgers minus one seventy favorite in this one. Total of eight and a half for this game. Eight and, and a half. I think the total is a little bit high for this one. Merrill Kelly has pitched really, really well. Now, I did mention earlier on in the show that Merrill Kelly's left on base percentage is unsustainably high at this point in time. But what the Diamondbacks did this offseason, you know, offensively, they've been pathetic. But on the pitching side, they hired Brent Strom. And Brent Strom was the former pitching coach of the Houston Astros. Merrill Kelly is a guy who, under the hood, has really good stuff. His spin rates are above average on pretty much all four of his pitches. And Brent Strom has really figured out a way to unlock Kelly's potential. And he's been great so far this year. I had a first five winner on him in the game against the Nationals last week. But I think this total is just a little bit too high. I think Merrill Kelly can pitch well against the Dodgers. And I, the Diamondbacks aren't really hitting anybody. Uh, and Walker Bueller is not a guy that a lot of teams hit. So I guess total is about half a run high at eight and a half. Maybe one you want to play on the overnight because I think it could go down to eight. But I do think I may be interested in this under uh, when tomorrow morning rolls around. And I put up the article over at vcin.com. Adam, on my show, just about every game, I'm going to handicap for the Rockies. And just looking at this right now, they're visiting the Phillies tomorrow. I don't feel great about the Rockies in this one. Then again, they have proven us wrong uh, quite a few times, winning 10 of 15 so far. Kyle Freeland, Kyle Gibson, the pitching matchup, as we've discussed, you know, Freeland seems to just have these blow-up innings, and it's happened. And outside of that, if he can command the strike zone, keep the ball on the ground, things are, are looking very good. I will be betting this game live, but I'm not going to back the Phillies at minus 177. I'm going to try and get them down somewhere where I feel come more comfortable to juice 115, 120, 125. Maybe the Rockies score in the top of the first inning. We can get a better line there. I think that line is just too heavy on the Philadelphia side. Do you see any scenario? Well, there's going to be scenarios, but what do you think of the scenario? Can the Rockies actually take this thing? They're sitting here at plus 150 on the money line. The total is eight and a half. You know, one of the things I look at if, if I'm going to play a big underdog is how does their bullpen stack up against the opposition? And we've talked about it. We've you know talked about the point ad nauseum almost on this show that mm -hmm. the Phillies do not have a good bullpen. And the Rockies, as you mentioned, one of the big reasons why they're off to such a good start is because of how their bullpen has performed. Now, Kyle Gibson, I don't know what's going on here with Kyle Gibson, but he's got a lot more swing and miss this year. He's been much better in the exit velocity department. Strikeout percentage is way up. His whiff rate is way up. I don't really know why. I don't see anything in the profile that's suggestive to me that he's made some kind of significant change other than using his cutter a little bit more, which he developed during that 2020 COVID shortened season. I don't think that these are sustainable developments for him. The concern is that the Phillies are very good against lefties and they get another one here against and Kyle Freeland, although they didn't hit lefty Eric Lauer tonight. So to me, I think I have to look at the Rockies from a side standpoint if I do anything with this side, just because I agree with you, I guess line is too high. But I'm also interested in the over because I don't think we see a lot of strikeouts. I don't think this K percentage increase is for real from Kyle Gibson so far. So that's one that's kind of on my short list here is 
I wish it was eight instead of eight and a half, but I think that that's also kind of an indicator of, you know, kind of looking at these two guys and expecting a lot of balls in play. Quick thoughts, Guardians, Angels, Bieber's on the mound against Lorenzo. and your boy Shane have enough to take down the Angels tomorrow night in SoCal? Yeah, I think it's possible, but the, the thing with the Guardians is right now, if you're playing them, it has to be a first five. Emmanuel Classe does not look good. Brian Shaw is still pitching in high leverage, and I don't know why. Nick Sandlin is a quality reliever. Trevor Steffen is a solid reliever, but their bullpen is just not very good right now. If you're betting the Guardians, it has to be a first five play that you like because I just don't trust anybody at the back end right now. And James Karinchak is still nowhere to be found with his injury, and we haven't even heard an update. So I don't even know where he's at. This Guardians bullpen looks bad on paper and will look bad in practice throughout most of the year. All right, we got one game still in progress. They're in the bottom of the ninth of Philadelphia. one nothing Brewers. Uh, Brewers got a run to the top of the ninth, and hopefully things work out well for us because we back the Brewers a plus money there. One down in the bottom of the ninth inning. Brian Ortega, wonderful job producing. Adam Burke, my pleasure to work with you, and I'm looking forward to working with you again next week. Absolutely. It was great, Holden. Thanks for doing it. Always, you get a chance, check out my pod for VEASAN, the Denver CityCast, presented by Bet Rivers. I will be capping the Rockies and the Phillies tomorrow. Thanks for checking out the run line on VEASAN, the sports betting network. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddy? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.